Welcome all you business geeks to the Business Geeks Podcast where we geek business. I'm Super Joe Pardo and I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts. And this week we are discussing the topic of what do you need to start a business? It's probably not what you are thinking. Uh, we also have a grind my gears involving a pool company that hopefully they get their act together uh, and help me out at some point here. Uh, we also have uh, a, an ice cream company that's getting applause for uh, applaud applause. Uh, yeah, they're getting applauded uh, for their actions that they're taking. And we have three new uh, American versus Aussie business terms that we uh, are going to discuss and there's a one cool thing as well that I'm looking forward to to jumping into at the end here. Jennifer Crawford, the co-founder of Sparent.co. Jennifer, how are you feeling tonight? Well, I imagine I'm feeling like a lot of people are feeling right now. Um, I'm feeling like this country is is going through something, <laughs> uh, something, something long, positive. Over, something positive ultimately, uh, something long overdue. I, I think it's fair to say. I think I can speak for all of us in saying that we are in complete support of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the Black Lives Matter protesters, and we are definitely working on ourselves towards our own measures to be anti-racist. I know I've been educating myself a lot this week. Oh my gosh, I've been reading so much. I've learned so much that I'm so glad that I know, and I'm so upset that I didn't know sooner. So anyway, but yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm really proud of this, what's turned into the largest civil rights movement in history has happened in all of our backyards, you know, worldwide. It's pretty impressive. You know, it's a shame, though, it had to come at, at the cost of another life. You know, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Like, it's it's unfathomable that it takes mm. this. I mean, we, this is, you know, I, I seen one person with a sign that said, uh, you know, this isn't the way like this isn't the wake up call. This is like you guys stopped hitting the snooze button since 1619. Mm. And, uh, you know, so it, it's been ringing. We just keep boop, 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 shutting it down and. Um, I'm glad that people are finally realizing and speaking up and it's because it's not just enough to not be racist anymore. You have to speak up. And in my own right, I've come across these types of people and it sucks. It sucks to be the only person that wants to say what everybody else like just kind of sits there and accepts as the what they're you know, it's OK to say things like this. And it's like it's not stop. And let's, you know, let's talk about it. If you don't want to talk about it, then I don't really have much else to say to you. Like, but it's hard sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. And I've certainly been guilty of it myself, you know, particularly with older family members, right? And you kind of, they say, you know, they're all lovable and sweet and they belong on a Hallmark card. And then they say something, right? They say something and you realize that it's a racist something, you know, you're 80 years old, right? And and it's always been kind of like they got a pass because of their age and you're not going to change them. And, and anecdotally speaking, I think you're not. And, you know, our efforts are better put probably towards, you know, voting people into office that 
um, are going to be much more effective than, you know, changing an 80 year old relative's, you know, mind trying to, you know, I think our efforts can be better focused, but yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, it happened, you know, and it it was wrong and they shouldn't necessarily get a pass. Mm. It is right. It's, that puts you in a difficult position, even like, uh, you know, when you're like, you're dealing with business, you know, uh, relations, right. And it's like, you're like, Oh, I'm hoping to sign this thing. And then something comes out of their mouth and you're like, no, that puts me in a weird position. Cause I'm like, I don't really want to talk to this person anymore, but like, what am I supposed to do? Like ruin it for everybody. Like mm-hmm. everybody that's, in, that's involved the chain reaction that that could cause. If I just like, nah, man, nah, I, I ain't dealing with this. I'm out. Hmm. Like well, I think in business, I think we you can't, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I have no patience for that in in business at all. I mean, no patience anywhere. Right. No, no, I, and I agree. I'm saying as, as a young man yeah, where you're not right. the person in charge, you don't have the, the right. final say. Like, I've totally been in those situations where they just say things that I'm like, I this is terrible. Like, why do you think like that? And I why do I have to keep interacting with this person? Yeah. But it's not my, but it's not my call to just like walk away from it. Like, you I know, see what you're saying. From yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But as the business owner, it's up to you to make that decision. You just right. got to keep in mind, like, how many people are going to be affected by my reaction right here, right? It's not just about me. Like, Kevin Hart, like, said that uh, on Joe Rogan the other day about how it's not just me saying it, like, saying something or thinking something. Now I got to wear that CEO hat. And how many hundreds of people, what I say or what how I react is going to affect? And mm. it's, 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 a, it's a deep burden to have to... to you know, to shoulder yourself with, uh, especially as a comedian that you're supposed to say things that are, you know, outlandish and, mm. and, and ridiculous. So, mm. um, but yeah, I, so I, I'm, I, you know, it makes me so happy to turn when I turn on the TV and I'm seeing all these peaceful protests and, uh, and all the amazing things that are, that are coming out of this. Uh, yeah, but you're right, Joe. I, you know, it's a shame and we, sh- you know, it's a shameful that, other people's lives are on the back of that movement, right? So, yeah, I, you know, change is coming. I'm so happy about that. I'm, you know, so proud of everybody that was involved in the Black Lives Matter movement. What, what an impressive, impressive effort. But yes, um, the sacrifices that these other people have made in order to get our attention, that's just, that's sad. But mm, we're, we are, we're here, we're here right now. This is where we're at. Mm-hmm. Hi, Lou. Lou's oh, back. Hey, hey, Lou. Hey, what's going on, Lou? All right. So <laughs> Samantha Riley joins us as well. Yeah. Samantha Riley of SamanthaRiley.Global. How are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling good. I mean, we did have a, a, a discussion before we started, and I think that Joe and Jen, you've articulated it beautifully. Probably, you know, articulated my thoughts too in that, you know, what's happening, where, how we're moving forward. Um, but personally, we've just had a long weekend here in Australia. You don't call them long weekends there, do you? Do you call them holidays? Uh, we, we long do. weekend? No, we call awesome. them long weekends. So, yeah, yeah, we don't do yeah, the holiday cool. thing here. Okay, awesome. Holidays like a day. Like- okay, so we just had a long weekend yeah. for the Queen's birthday and it wasn't even the Queen's birthday and everyone in Australia is just going, we don't care, we got a day off. So <laughs> that, that's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just weird and we just go, okay, we'll take that day off. <laughs> wow, that's, that is weird. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. I think yeah. we're all going to need to take 2021 off personally after this year. Yeah, the whole year. <laughs> the whole year, I think. If, if 2021 could just be one big party where we're just all like happy and kinder to each other, that would be great. Look, I'll just leave you with a very funny TikTok that I saw last night. It really cracked me up. There was a woman that she walks past her vision board. She's like, I wanted 2020 to be amazing. You know, I put this vision up that I wanted cheaper fuel or cheaper gas, you call it. And I wanted some more time off. I wanted to spend more time at home. And then she's like, oh, dang, 2020 just hasn't delivered. And then she goes back and goes, oh, I've manifested. This is my fault. And I just thought it was extremely funny. Just not exactly how she thought it was. Not quite, not quite. Yeah, but how are you this evening, Joe? Uh, I'm doing doing well. Been very busy uh, bolstering up the 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 community, uh, the indie pod community, getting ready for our next virtual conference this uh, Saturday for beginner podcasters. Uh, so it's eight hours of beginner podcasting goodness. If you're just getting started. You can come join us at indiepodcon.com slash virtual. Uh, totally free. Just join up in the group and you can uh, you can come hang out and chat and learn and have a great time. Meet some new friends. Woohoo. We all, we all Sounds need that awesome. now that we're like being stuck at home. So yeah, it's, it's been it's been fun. It's been a great time. Uh and yeah, trying to plan for what the next one's gonna be in two weeks from then and uh just keep it rolling, you know? Doing good, doing good. Awesome. Yeah. Should we jump yeah. into today's topic? I think so. Yes. What do you need to start a business? It's not what you think. And if you have any questions, please should Chop them in the chat, please, because we love having people like Lou say hashtag take 21, 2021 off. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> even though we... Lou for president. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> president of the world. So who wants to break the news about what's the, what's the one thing that you need to start your business? Oh, is there one thing? No, there's well, not one thing. I think. I, it's, I, thing? I think it's, oh, I didn't get the notes. I. Uh, <laughs> but there's a, key, there's a key ingredient that you need to start your business, right? I, I'll break. I don't usually get to break the news. Okay, you break the news. <laughs> you I break the news. You need clients, right? You need oh, customers. Okay. That's the key ingredient. That's the lifeblood, right? Yeah, well, Brent, Brent has an idea. That's what I was thinking, that you need an idea. but Yeah, the problem well, is that so many people sit on that idea. Like how many people do you both work with that have just like, oh, I've had this idea for 10 years, 20 years. I was on – I heard of a, um, a guy that uh, published with the same publisher as me for his book and he's like, I had this idea for a book for 80 years. I'm like, 80 are you kidding me? <laughs> Is it like 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 Lord of the Rings level or something? Like... <laughs> no, I don't really know. But yeah. um... well, Mary Sue says we need grit. Uh, yes. The name of our summit was the Small Business Grit Summit, and that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like this whole failure to launch. I mean, a lot of it. A lot of being a business owner is just grit and guts, you know, willing to put yourself out there, take a little bit of a risk. But yeah, I think I think those might be the three key ingredients. Yeah. Grit yeah. and clients and the great idea. <laughs> I, I think I think I think Joe summed it up beautifully. No clients, no business. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. All the other things are part of it. They're part of they're part of the recipe. You know, we're making this beautiful meal, I guess, with all mm-hmm. of the different ingredients. Yeah. But the number one ingredient, if we don't have clients, if we don't have money coming through the door, 
there is no business. And I think when we came up with this idea for today's episode, it's because I've heard so many times over the last forever, forever, (laughs) that to start a business, you need a logo and a website. And I'm calling BS on that. You do not need a logo and a website to start a business. They're nice to have, but you do not need them to start a business. I worked with a client quite a few years ago, uh, and we're going to dive deeper into to how, how this happens. But we sat down and spent a day together. We had a strategy session and really pulled this idea out of our head. And the next morning, Without a website, without flyers, without a logo, without anything, she walked into a networking event, made $30,000 and walked out without a thing. So her business was a proven business model. She made her $30,000 and then she could do all the nice things. So that's what we're going to talk about. I love well, yeah, it. because otherwise it's a it's a hobby, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. if you watch Shark Tank, that's that's what a lot of the people that walk in there have. They have a hobby, and hobbies are great, and everyone should have at least one. I have probably too many of them myself, and <laughs> it just like I mean, you're looking at some of them right behind they're, they're me. They're fun, right? They're fun. Yes, <laughs> there's nothing yes. wrong with hobbies. <laughs> Right. And hobbies can make money, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be your, you should be your business. Mm-hmm. It's just what you got to go where the clients are, where the tides are, right? Where, like, where the tide is taking you at the time. Um, like one of the things, this whole, you know, COVID 19 thing, I've focused more on my community in the IndiePod community and growing that and bolstering that to drive dollars through my business than, you know, helping optimize uh businesses right now because mm. not many small businesses are operating uh mm. at a capacity to or, or able to even operate at a capacity to warrant my me coming in and helping them because of the fact that they're like i had to lay off most of my people and i'm doing everything now or me and like my son and my daughter and my sister are helping you know keep keep the things like just keep it moving so we can at least pay the rent and and be here when this is over so mm-hmm. yeah, so mm-hmm. is my services super warranted at the moment? You know, depending on the industry that we're talking about, no. So mm-hmm. so yeah. And and let's just pre-frame that what we're specifically talking about here is professional services or service-based businesses, not even professional service, but service-based businesses where we're providing a service. We don't need to buy in products. We don't need to have some sort of, you know, we're not talking about SaaS businesses. That's not what we're talking about here. Right. And I completely agree that you need clients, but you also have to get off the starting block. And I, and I know part of my motivation for wanting to talk about this is that I know so many people that have great ideas for businesses, would be perfectly great running them, but they are spending way too much time going to conferences, taking courses, going to seminars, um, reading. I mean, they're just, they're educating themselves, but like they're educating themselves instead of just starting. And there are some things that you just learn by doing. I think most things Mm. you learn by doing. I mean, I'm not talking about jumping into surgery or anything, but Mm. um you know, by the time you get off that starting block, you know, somebody else may have your idea or somebody else, you may have more competition. The market demand has changed. I mean, there's something for just, you know, 
doing it. And, you know, what I've always loved about service-based businesses is that there's very low overhead. Um, most of them don't require any specialized licensing. And I know one of my early businesses, I it was literally like early 90s recession time. I, I may have told this story before, um, but I had a friend who'd been laid off and she could literally wallpaper her living room with job rejections. And she was, mm. desperate, like she was about to lose her house. And so we just, I said, well, let's just offer to clean people's houses. I wasn't passionate about cleaning people's houses. I was passionate about, you know, getting money in my bank account. Mm -hmm. So we literally walked out the door and I walked to houses that were bigger than mine, uh, which wasn't hard to find. And, <laughs> um, you know, we knocked and we didn't even have, we didn't even talk about like what we were going to charge. And the first house we knocked on, they answered and said, come in and give us a quote. And we, you know, we were kind of like, oh, crap, we, we didn't even talk about this part. Like, we didn't, like, <laughs> we didn't even, like, put that much forethought into it. But by the end of the day, we had enough houses to ha to start a business, like, to keep us busy. And that's what we did until she found a job and I had another business that was taking off. So it sort of, sort of petered out naturally. But it literally, we had a business in a matter of hours just by knocking mm. on doors. And was it hard work? Yes. Was it fun? No. But we walked away with money and she was able to pay her mortgage. Absolutely. That was the, that was the thing we were passionate about at the time. And I don't think there's anything wrong yeah, with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I'm really glad you shared that story, Jen, because a lot of people can also uh, get caught up in the, you know, want to build this freedom business thing. And that is what I help people do. I get that. But sometimes, you know, there's a season for everything. And if you're about to lose your house, then going out and making some quick bucks to keep that house is much smarter than, you know, trying to work on the business model that's going to be the the forever model and lose your house along the way. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you have this business model where you live, Sam, but uh, Joe, have you ever heard of a company called Duty Calls? <laughs> it's D-O-O-D-Y. No. Well, they're, um, I think they're a franchise. They're definitely in our area. And I hired them as, at one point. This is what they do. They come into your backyard and they scoop up your dog poo. So they're uh -huh. duty calls. And, you know, it's completely service-based. It's a convenience business. But, you know, do you think the person that started that business loves picking up dog poo? No, nobody loves picking up dog poo, but they saw a need in, um, you know, areas, you know, cities and, you know, metropolitan areas where people are working and commuting long hours and don't have time to pick up their yard. And so now I, now I believe it's a franchise. It wasn't initially, but, um, but yeah, it's, that's fantastic. Dog that is, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, because I see a lot of people like they want to do something they're passionate about. And that's great. That's great. I mean, I hope we all can do something that we're passionate about. Absolutely. But I think sometimes, you know, the money has to come first. Mm -hmm. And we never mm -hmm. talk about that. Everyone's always like, you know, find your, find your calling, find your passion. Well, you know what? Like, I think I'm just very passionate about paying my bills. Absolutely. Absolutely. Money and savings. Yeah. I'm confused, Brent. Brent says it's my passion. Your passion's picking up duty? Like, no, please. <laughs> 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 Oh, 
Uh, no, I, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot there to, to unpack. I mean, I, I also want to go back to uh, Brent's comment about Facebook being a hobby, per, you know, a hobby mm-hmm. for revenue and, mm-hmm. and not necessarily because if it's where you set the goal, right? I use this example. I was doing a podcast interview earlier today and I used this example of Coles, right? And you don't have Coles in Australia, do you? I, we do, but I've got a funny feeling it's different to your Coles. Our Coles is like a supermarket. So, so our Coles was a supermarket. Yeah, that's how Coles started out was a supermarket. Um, and they transitioned into clothing. So it's a clothing store. Anyway, they, they decided that they wanted to change the goal. The goal wasn't to just get rep money and revenue, right? They wanted to change the goal. So they set the goal to be something like get people in the store. So how do you get people in the store? Well, they said, Hey, you know what people do a lot of? return things to Amazon. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to package stuff up for Amazon, send it back to them as a free service to our customers or to the people that are that come to the store. And then when they're there, bam, we're slapping them in the hand with 20% off on anything they want to buy. So now we got foot traffic, they got a coupon, they have a reason to be there and they have, you know, they have basically money in their pocket, free money in their pocket. So they changed the goal so that they could try to survive because that was their problem was they were literally like strangling themselves under the weight of their business and not getting foot traffic was a way that, you know, somebody at the top decided, "Hey, this is a way to do it. It's going to cost us some money, but we're going to get people in the door and get them in the routine of coming to Kohl's and buying clothes here versus going to Old Navy or Sears. Well, Sears doesn't exist anymore, but going somewhere else and buying their clothes. That's brilliant. Absolutely it love is. that. I like it. Absolutely Un- love until it. Until Kohl's had to close because of COVID-19. Well, they ain't closed closed, but they, they've closed their stores, at least around here, because of COVID-19 for the time being. Um, so hopefully they can open up again because I'm tired of going to the UPS store because it's like a long line to get in there to return hmm. my stuff. <laughs> I-, I love this question from Brent. And I'm wondering if we're all going to have the same answer to this. Do you want to? I think he's talking. Well, he's talking about a conversation he had with you today, Joe. So, do you want to tackle this one? Yeah. So, he said, uh, Brent says, "How you define clients?" For example, I talked with Joe today. Hey, that's me uh, today <laughs> about how our goal initially is to grow the network. Free users are a big part of that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it it really does come down to what you define the customer. So, like in Facebook's case, or and if you have a podcast and that's what you're trying to like make that thing or even a YouTube channel, right? The client isn't your listeners. The client is the, the advertisers, is the sponsors in most cases. Yeah, you might sell some things to the, to the people that are watching and then you have a, you know, a duality to it of who you're trying to serve and who, you know, from a, hey, we have uh, inventory of people that are watching to all of a sudden we have an inventory of product that we're selling to that inventory of people and then that inventory of people is being sold off to that that sponsor so it's it's good because you have that duality of, of income but in a lot of cases it's you got to get people in the door right you got to get people there so that they are listening and then you can say hey look look how many people we have that are coming to our store in the cole's case like that's that's a case you know right there like that's an example of got to get people in the store we can't we can, we're not going to sell anything more if there's nobody in the store in our physical mm, brick and mortar mm. store so but, gotta but start they, there but the people that come through the door of Kohl's, Joe, are visitors mm-hmm. until they buy something and become a customer. And <laughs> this true. is and so there's one word true. here to sum all of this up and is strategy. You need to know your end strategy. So I was speaking with someone the other day and she's running a virtual conference for speakers to help them to be able to set up their virtual 
sets. And one person that she'd spoken to said, well, that's a really valuable topic for speakers. You should charge for that without asking her, well, what's your strategy? So when she came to me, she said, well, Sam, what do you think? And and the first thing I said is, why are you running it? What do you want to get out of it? And her answer was that she wanted to position herself as the authority in the speaker market uh, as someone that that is a videographer for business conferences and that she wanted to get this into the hands of as many speakers as possible. Then I said, well, your strategy should be to run a free event not a paid event so that you can get more people. So, and then, you know, what are you going to do off the back end of that? So you can't just decide I'm going to do this. You must, must understand what is the end goal and then reverse engineer that. And I think that too many people will, would answer that question without asking the other person, what's the end goal? What is it that you're looking for? Because until you tell me that, I can't offer my, you know, the solution or well, my opinion in that solution. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. Oh, oh sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, oh, go sorry. ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say it's the same with the, the free virtual conferences that we've been doing, you know, in the pod community, right? Is the goal is the number one goal, right? You know, raise awareness of the group, increase the membership to the group, increase the amount of people that are on the mailing list. Like that's the goal. Increase, increase eyeballs. So that was a way to do it. And, and okay. And if I make some money on the back end, you know, a thousand here, 500, uh, you know, $2,000, like that's all gravy to me at this point, because like <laughs> my bills are covered right now. And I'm just like, how do I just, I just want to increase the amount of people because it's on the back end. It's going to increase the, the value when we hold, when we host these events. Well, so actually I was just about home. to say, so your actual end goal, Joe is getting more people to your conference. That's actually yes. the end goal, right. not the leads. Yeah. Because we also right. have to understand that just having leads without knowing what we're going to do with them is just a bigger problem. And sorry, Jen, I cut you off. <laughs> no, well, uh, I guess I guess I'm still I'm stuck a little bit on Brent's initial question where it's like, well, how do you define clients? Because to me, you know, having the strategy is great. It's a strategy. You need it. But the people that are not paying, that are coming to free, that are joining your group or your community, they're not, I mean, I personally would not call them clients or customers until they no. buy something. So, uh-huh. so I think when Brett was like, well, are they, I think he was asking, well, when I'm growing my network, are the free users clients? I would say, no, they're not clients. Oh, they're users. They're or, users or leads or leads or prospects. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially you're just having a long tail funnel, right? You're, you know, building the community and drawing people in, giving them some free stuff, but essentially you're selling to them eventually. Um, and hopefully they become clients or customers. There is one different way to look at that in that depending on some business models, those free people can bring money in a different way. So there are people in communities. I'm in another community where I'm a free member, but I bring a lot of leads into their business. I do a lot of referrals. So that business owner understands that my place in the business, he's making more from me being in that community for free than he is from me paying and and not doing anything. So you also need to understand that there's different people for different reasons. This is such a huge, huge topic, right? But I would still, yeah, say, but yeah. I still say, Sam, that you're a referral partner and you have yes. value, but you're yes. still not a customer I'm and you're still not, not a, a client. Correct. 
Okay. So if we're just talking like we're, I'm really just digging into the semantics here, but I'm absolutely, I like to be very clear because I think business gets really muddy with these free models. And I think people think that just because they have a group, they have a business and you don't have a business until you're selling something and nobody becomes a client or a customer until they pay you. Just because to me, like, I don't know, like, I think sometimes community gets a little, I think there's some weird area there, like mm. with community, like go dig, dig deeper, please. Uh, well, I don't want to, I, I run the risk of insulting people when I say this, but I feel uh. personally, I feel a little weird about monetizing a community. Like I would rather call mm. it like a membership program or something like that. Like I just, and to me, it's just, I'm a word person. I get hung up on semantics. I'm not even saying I'm right. I could argue myself out of this really easily. Um, <laughs> but I love to bring in a little debatable topic every once in a while. So don't mind me. Don't mind no, me. No, not you. Go, I would never deeper. believe that, Jen. <laughs> don't no, mind go me. Go deeper in that. Because like, what do you define as monetizing a community? I guess personally, I've always, I have never felt personally like, if I start like a Facebook community, like a group and call it a community, I feel like it should just be a community, like people that have the same interests or, you know, want to support each other, you know, have some commonality. But if I intend to make money off of those people, I feel like I should be more straightforward and be like, well, this isn't a community, this is a membership. And even if it's five bucks a month or something like that, we know our relationship is very transparent. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that, because I've seen Brent's comment that, you know, we need to understand that initial strategy of monetizing the group first. I think that with any model there, it's going to work for some and it's not going to work for others. Because I've also seen someone who has an extremely successful Facebook group. He's, I think he's up to nearly 8,000 people. When he first started his group, it was purely about um, – I, I really like being around this type of person, so I'm just going to build a community. What started happening from that, from him adding value to that community, people started saying, hey, I've got this problem. And so he put products together that served those people and helped them solve their problem. I don't see anything bad in that. In actual fact, I see that as being extremely good because he's helping people. Yeah, he's charging them, but that's what we do as business owners. We, we charge people in you know, to in exchange for helping them solve their problem. So I think well, I think okay, it's so about that intention is, is what's yeah, coming up for me. It's about the intention. Yeah. I think in that example, Sam, I think a lot of uh, paid groups have happened that way in the sense that it started as a true community and then needs started coming up and it sort of organically became into like this yeah. monetization model. I think that does happen. But I think that's happened and now people have now taken that model and flipped it. And so they go in and they create a group with the 100% intention of monetizing it. Like that mm-hmm. is why they started it. They want to they grow an audience so that they can sell something to them. And I don't think that, I don't think it's wrong necessarily. I just, I, I'm having a problem with the word community and maybe a lack of transparency there. It's almost hmm. like I, I, I made this analogy and I don't know if it's, it's spot on, but it's almost, it reminds me of a caged hunt, you know, like how they have in Africa. It's like they bring in these, you know, people that want to hunt big game, but the big game is in a caged area, like a fenced in area. So they can't really get away. Um, so maybe they like, they give you the hamburger for free, but they're 
you know, you're eventually. But isn't that all business? I'm going to challenge you on that, Ben, because I think that's all business. I never call my, I don't call my customers a community. Like I don't. I'm going to open up a Yes, I've got a community. I'm going to move to a community. Like I'm literally going to move to a town. You're not starting a butcher. butcher You're not starting a meat community. You're not going and starting like a meat club. Um, you're not doing that, you know. You live in a community because you have you're to live serving somewhere. that, but you're, you're serving for servicing that community. I'm just saying, right? I would like, rather pay a membership. I'd rather pay a membership. Like I said, mm-hmm. I'd rather pay a membership and like, hey, I want to be here because you're teaching stuff I want to know, and we have a very transparent, upfront relationship. I know you're selling something, and I'm, and you know, I might buy because at least I'm willing to pay the membership fee. This is just what I feel comfortable with. I might be 100% wrong. I mean, I'm not sitting in a mansion. No, it's not about being right or wrong. I actually think this conversation is fantastic because it just proves that there's no black and white. And right. that's what it's about. And yeah. I think it's super helpful for people to hear us having this conversation because it's not about us being the gurus either. Like, we're just, we're just business geeks. What do we know? You know, yeah, it's right? about people hearing this conversation. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like we're just totally geeking out right now. Yeah. We're, we're just, just like having this conversation so that other people can uh, can come up with their own ideas and, and they could be like, oh, three of you have got no idea. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Brent just said I'm making some solid points. Oh, I feel so good right now because well, I'm like, oh, my so God, what, I'm, I'm like on my own out here. Nobody like, like I'm just saying no, things you're not. aren't said. No, no, no. You're not on your no. own. I think that, that there are communities that probably – I get what you're saying. I guess my intention is that I, I always want to build community. I am um, – I'm a connector. That's my superpower in business. So I love to create communities of business, of business people or entrepreneurs or whoever they are so that they can all come together. Does that mean I'm not going to sell? No. They all know that I've got a product. They all know that I'm going to sell. I'm not going to force it on them. I still want them to be part of the community because I've – feel that they that whether they choose to work with me further or not they're still going to get value from being in that community so okay so two things one i mean i it's been a long time and this all reminded me of a interaction i had with somebody probably like four or five years ago at this point where they they were like so dead set on this idea that they were going to start this facebook community up right and the whole idea was bring all these podcasters together, have them, people like me, donating my time to like answer other people's questions and all that stuff. And then his idea was he was going to turn around and start charging for people to get into that group at later. And I'm like, well, why the heck am I going to go waste my time building your community so that you can turn mm. around and like effectively charge people to join it so that you have access to my my time, resources, and, and knowledge? Like, get the hell out of here. Well, 100%. Like, 100%. Like, it's, not right? a, it's not a community. It's like a, it's a manufactured oh, no. community. I mean, a community right. for me is like really bringing together people of similar interests that want to share that, you know, things about that interest and that have to, that have to do with their you know shared goals, values, and dreams, just like Mary Sue just said. So, but if you just start out and said this is going to be a membership, it's a you know built on you know Facebook platform in the group platform, then that's fine. Like because I think a membership is different than a community. I think a lot of people are calling communities communities when they should be called memberships. So that's my, all I'm my second my second example that kind of goes against. Uh, what you're, what you've been saying, Jen, a little bit is good. So, so I, I'm just, I'm just sending the other, the other side. Of it. 
No, 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 no. I'm not trying not to. Not at I'm all. To, like, this isn't even our like, topic of tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> We've totally gone off topic, but I think it's fantastic. <laughs> no, it's, it is fantastic. Um, So what, like, the local Facebook groups, right? So, like, I belong mm-hmm. to a couple of my local towns, uh, mm-hmm. have Facebook groups. And one of them, are, the one I live in, right, is, is run by a guy named Jason Lapore. Shout out to Jason. He, he lives, like, right down the street from me. Uh, and, and I've known Jason for a number of years because I, I actually used to go to his underage night club and dj there and all this other stuff but anyway point being is is he's a realtor so his whole point of setting up that local community that he happens to live in is that he becomes like the unofficial mayor and Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. a microphone for Mm -hmm. the community and other people are promoting their businesses in that group and as well as he is too so that's a community i think that's everybody's promoting i think that's i think that's a community but they're not selling like Yes, they're advertising their business, but it's a community business. I think. Ah, but I would challenge that, Jen, because if he's a realtor, the reason that he's positioning himself as the authority is so that everyone in the area goes and sells their house through him. So if we want to, if we're talking about semantics, he's purely done that to monetize it. Does that and mean that he's not local in East Greenwich it, Group? So and guess like- what? He's adding a ton of value. So is there actually anything wrong with that? It's true. I th- I think that's definitely a grayer area, a grayer area <laughs> for sure. Because, well, just because, you know, being a realtor, he is like, it is a community-based thing. And he's like, oh, I don't know. How do, how do I explain this? I've got to like wrap my mind around it because there is definitely a gray area because obviously he was, um, it serves him to have a, a local Facebook community because it ups his visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chance of him, like, I mean, if, posting a, a house listing and selling it there. And I don't know, it's, it's so great. I don't have all the answers, obviously. I just know that i see some stuff that makes me uncomfortable as a business owner when it comes to Facebook groups and Facebook communities and how people run them. And they're not really there to, they're not there for a community. In fact, if you never bought anything from them ever, that community would go away because they're not going to waste their time, but for so long on that community. I mean, I've known business owners that shut down their Facebook groups because their Facebook communities, because they're not performing. So I'm like, that's, uh, if it was a real community, that wouldn't have any impact on the, you know. Do you think, Jen, budget? that's to do with the the person that's running the group and the intention or and or the intention rather than the actual model of what they're doing? I think it is the intention. Like you said, I think if you go into it, calling it a community, knowing you're going to monetize it from day one, I don't think that's a great model. I don't think it's a great model. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it works for some people. It's just me. I'm not so, doing So that's that. a no from Jen. It's a yes from Sam. <laughs> yes, and we're still friends. Of course we're still friends. <laughs> and so that's awesome. <laughs> I love talking about these things because I don't know. Like I don't I could be I could be a hundred and ten percent wrong about this. So where we got a little bit off or oh, a little bit rerouted here. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up down this track. I was we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's blame Brent. Let's blame him. Blame oh, him. He's always trying to start something. I'm going to get kicked off this podcast, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. I think um, lo- live events. 
of live events are based on monetized. I don't know. I love I love events, live events, love events. Either way, I'm happy I'd with either. Love, I'd rather have a love event. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think what reason I wanted to bring this topic up, and we may need to move it to another week first, but I feel like I really I want to so. say this before we close off the topic, is that I feel that too many people think that they need a logo and a website. And really, that's just, um, as a friend of mine, Carl Taylor said, it's just pushing paper. Just stop it. Just mm. stop it. That to get clients, you need to be able to articulate who you help and the outcome you help them achieve and then you need to find the people with that problem and speak to them. The logo can come later. The website can come later. But if you don't have a proof of concept, then all you're doing is wasting a lot of money. So there you go. Said my piece. I got there. You you are so <laughs> right. It doesn't have to be complicated. I had a friend that was selling things on Instagram before Instagram had the, the shopping uh, yeah. post that you could do. And she would like post a picture. What she was doing is she was going to thrift stores and she had a really good eye and she was buying like vintage clothing. And mm. so she would take a photo of it and she'd post on Instagram. And the first person to say they wanted it, she would, you know, they would private message their email and she would send them a PayPal invoice and mm -hmm. they would pay it. And that is how she conducted her business. And it was no website. There was no logo. There, mm. <laughs> there was there was nothing yet. She was getting paid. It was super simple. Yeah. I've got a client that still does that in a da, 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 Facebook group <laughs> where she posts a picture and people just comment underneath and she just sends them a private message on Facebook with a, with a PayPal link. So, yeah, and she's a got group. a re really, really profitable business. So, yeah, don't, uh, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. Don't over oh, so Brent says, I hope I don't, kicked out I don't get kicked out, though. I like hanging out with you guys. Plus, you can always just ignore my comments. No, no, no. We love you, Brent. We love it. No, you totally love Brent. We'd love to think that we were in charge of today's conversation, but Brent totally owned it and we just played along <laughs> like little puppets. <laughs> we are your puppets, Brent. <laughs> that was good. <sighs> and we all made it through, right? We talked about, I still don't think I have, I mean, because, you know, now you got me wondering about my, you know, indie pod community and the le legitimacy of that. And she's, you know, you're nodding because you're like, I got you, Joe. I got you. No, I just like it when, when people think. I just like that. Well, when yeah. anything that makes people think is good. Well, I, you know, I, I've always taken a hard stance of like not giving out the email list, not, you know, and, and protecting the privacy of the people that are there and, and not making the events purely about me selling to them, right? Like I've done events, like I've done, I did something with Sam, right? We hosted a, a, a pre course together, like, like and nobody seems to have any problem with that right now with that said i i, I would say that um let me take my words carefully here i would say that the community that i have built may be price conscious right so like i'm not going to be able to sell them ten thousand dollar packages or something to that effect because it's that's just not it's not it's not who i am and it's not who i attract and that's okay maybe now that i got collared shirts like <laughs> right maybe but but I, eh, it's okay it's i'm okay with that as long as you know people are are understanding the genuineness that comes from it and it's not just like a place of like hey i got you in the room and i know you you know you flew halfway around the world to be here and now i'm gonna i'm gonna hard sell you on this like 
$20,000 package that I know you need because you have to have this if you want to be successful. Like that's not, that's not, no. I think what we need to be really careful of is putting our our values or beliefs onto other people because I love being in your community, Joe. I absolutely love it. And because oh, I, I was that. in that community and because I could see how people were interacting I couldn't wait to fly around the other side of the world and Leon and I came to your conference. Now, if you hadn't have sold your conference in that Facebook group, we wouldn't have flown around the world to be there. But we were there because the community was there first. I could see that that's the kind of people that we want to hang around. So I think that we do need to be careful not to push our beliefs onto other people because as adults, we can make up our own minds. I chose to be part of that community and I wanted to to spend money to – be part of that community at the next level. So, and I will say this, Joe, in terms of your community, in case you felt like I was like really coming at you hard. Uh, like, no, you no, weren't. No. You weren't beating no. me up or anything like that. <laughs> because I will say that you're different than the communities in quotes that I was referring to, in the sense that you have the IndiePod conference, right? And that's sort of the that's where the community sort of pulled from was that of uh, that annual event. So yes. it's something more tangible, more real than just like, Hey, I'm starting a Facebook group today. And, you know, it's going to be about, you know, how to, you know, make a million dollars. And, you know, my I see community, a lot of those. Yeah. My community <laughs> is all people who want to make a million dollars and we love each other and kumbaya and nobody's bought my program. So I'm shutting this community down. Um, I mean, your, yours has a lot more depth to it. I, I mean, it, it is, it is a community, um, but I also think it's right for membership. And it is, right? That's why we have the IndiePod University and a, and mm-hmm. a separate private mm-hmm. group right. that we're, we're putting right. together. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where it just takes time. And I feel like when you get that certain level of trust and people knowing you, and as Brent is saying, the authenticity Absolutely. Matters, I totally mm-hmm. agree. Brent, right? It, it, people get you have to get people to a point where they want you to win. They're like literally pushing you to the yeah. finish line. Uh, and you do to, have a community. There. I mean, I'm in there, and you do have a community. People interact with each other, support each other, ask questions, contribute. They behave like a community. Yes. And I want it to be that way. You know, I don't, I don't like that's where the second level, that's where we have other Facebook groups for people that buy into master classes and masterminds mm-hmm. and things. Like that's where those people get funneled into. Yeah. And that's fine. Like that's, that's to me how it should be. Like I can't turn around and be like, okay, great. We hit 10,000 people in the indie pod community. Now it's $20 a month to get in. Like it hap- that, that don't sound, happened. that don't, that don't feel kind of like no, kind of sleazy. Yeah. That, that's, I think that's a little bit different. And to be honest, I, I know that the three of us wouldn't do that. And I 100% agree that anyone that is part of this show that listens or watches isn't that either. And the reason is that we attract people that are like us. So I think we're having a conversation that almost doesn't apply to anyone that's listening or watching. To be honest, yeah. we just we just wasted your time. So. <laughs> <laughs> we did not. We were talking to people or aren't here. We'll be back next week, though. So, <laughs> well, we're training. No, no, wait. Hey, hey, we're training people to see through other people's. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we're training them for, right? Because that, that kind of stuff exists. Like I said, like just a handful of years ago, yes. I ran into the same thing. 
I see it all the time. And also in how it ties back into today's topic, maybe a little more cleanly is, you know, you may be jumping into these communities to learn more before you start your business. And, um, you know, it's it's more of, you know, it can be another delay tactic for you. Just mm-hmm. get out there and Absolutely. Start. start. And we would love to know if you have a business that you're thinking about starting. I'd just love to know. <laughs> if you've been putting one off, if you've had a good experience starting a business, bad experience. Do you know just then when you were talking, Jen, and Joe put the music on, I was like, did I miss the did I miss the uh the practice round where you, <laughs> that just went so well. I was like, oh, I think <laughs> I, I, I think I missed the practice session. <laughs> just, I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> we're, get, we're getting we're getting really good. We're just getting really good. <laughs> yeah, we, well that happens when you've you know done what is this our 14th episode or something? No, I think I, we're I up, well, we have to 16 or 17, 16? I think. Deep into the I'm double digits. I'm looking yeah. now. I'm looking now. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, awesome. we are. This is our 18th episode. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah. doesn't feel an episode over 17. It's <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't a real episode, Jen. It was just, a, it was just a figment of our imagination. <laughs> None of this is I think real. the better question is how do we how do we label this episode after the fact, right? Uh, Correct, because I think we may need to change the title. I Damn think it. I think so. <laughs> Damn it. Darn it and, and, and for all our for all our team that edits this episode, we apologize. We apologize. Yes. Good luck it's with your good. Facebook so- <laughs> group out there, everybody. <laughs> so with ten minutes left to go, do we want to move on to what Ben and Jerry's is doing to get Absolutely. Applauded? Yeah. yeah I want to know what Ben and Jerry's is doing. Let's talk about ice cream. Yeah, that's my favorite. that's my kind of topic. So, uh, but people applaud Ben and Jerry's for condemning white supremacy in strongest corporate statement yet. Uh, it, it is funny that to, to see like two hippies and the word corporate in the in the same like like yeah. structure of sentence paragraph. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what what, what did they do? Uh, let's see. We must dismantle white supremacy. The murder of George Floyd was the result of inhumane police brutality that is perpetuated by a culture of white supremacy. Yeah, so they just they did not tiptoe around the issue. They came out as a big, you know, corporate entity and they made a very strong statement, but they also had I think it was like a 4-point or a 10-point action plan to back it up which included, mm-hmm. you know, um, money being donated to the cause or causes. And they also I didn't know this. I should know more about the ice cream that I ate too much of. Um but Ben and Jerry's have been um really into the activist movement uh they're really strong active activists so um they've supported same-sex marriage they they're really involved in environmental um activism so this was not their first foray into strong you know statements so they just you know we were talking about authenticity earlier this came across as very authentic because it wasn't just a statement it was a statement that was backed up by a plan of action so nice, I like it. I had my Ben and Jerry's this week, and I felt a lot less guilty about eating it. <laughs> you know, it, it was uh, Melissa. Melissa was trying to. She's like, you know, you, you've been buying all this Ben and Jerry's lately, and I was like, yeah. I was like, because I happen to be at the store, and it happens to be like right there. And she's like, but it's so expensive, and I'm like, yes, but it's well, it's higher quality ice cream than most ice creams. It's thicker, right? So it's more made like it's more uh, well thick, a thicker, you know, consistency. Uh, what, 
consistency. Creamier? Yeah. It's well, it's great. It's made with more cream, right? It's not. It's not as thinned out. And then the, to top it off, like if you really think about, like, okay, so it's like six. What I don't know what Ben Jerry's is like six bucks or something, six fifty for a pint. Well, point being is, if you go out to a restaurant, how much are you paying for a dessert after you eat your dinner? Probably a minimum of like six bucks. So, and I'm eating it over two or three nights. I'm all right with that. I mean, it's it is pricier than like other ice creams, obviously, but it's better, and it's better for the environment and better for. <laughs> For uh, well, I don't know, even look at the price. Justice. I just look at the fun names and figure out which one I'm going to get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's oh, awesome! So my, my current favorite. To... Oh, sorry, I was just going to talk about. I'm still talking about ice cream. Um, no, so was I. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Sam. No, no, go ahead, Jen. I was just going to say my current favorite flavor is uh, a flavor called Americone Dream. I highly recommend it. It's so good. Yes. Have you had it? No. I haven't, no. No. Oh, okay. okay. No, I just wanted Nicole to know, because Brent's front, saying right? that there's a flavor called half-baked. I want to know what that flavor is. <laughs> it's uh, it's really good. That's what, Melissa's favorite. Uh, so it's it's like cookie dough and br- brownie, and it's half-baked, like, yeah, half-baked. Uh, like doughy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. like Melissa's favorite. Mm. So half baked so is uh, if I can get it to come up here. So it's chocolate and vanilla ice cream mixed with gobs of chocolate chip cookie dough and uh, fudge brownies. And oh, well, there you go. I'm never gonna be skinny. <laughs> never. It's not gonna happen for me, folks. <sighs> so we have good. all the, all the good food, mind you. I'm no. We have Ben and Jerry's. I just don't eat it. So, okay, so speaking of what you do have, you have three words for us. For yeah, and the, and the words that I've chosen are not anything to do with business, but we do understand that uh, that we still are doing business with people on the other side of the world. So last time I gave you the three words, I put them into context, which made them so easy mm. for you to yes. guess. So this week, no context, guys. Mm. Um, so the first word is ripper. Is that a fart? No, it's it's uh it's sure like a par- it. it's a party, isn't it? Like mm, a good time. No. no. Oh. Well, you're getting close, Joe. Uh, and the second, I, I'm going to give you all three words and then put them in a sentence. So the second word is bottolo, except in in Australia we'd pronounce it bottolo. 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 I don't think I've heard you use that word. Uh, okay, I know this one. Do you know this one? I know. What this is one. it, Jen? Is it that when you have a ship inside a bottle? <laughs> Not quite, no. And the third word is... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the third word is Barbie. Well, that's barbecue. The barbecue. Yeah. So yeah. I thought these are that's three great words we because we've just... Steakhouse. Oh, no. We have bar- we've got a Barbie on our balcony. Like everyone in Australia has a Barbie. So uh, because it's just been a long weekend here in Australia and because you guys are heading into summer, it's like... So we're going to have a ripper weekend. We're just going to head on to the bottle before we head to the barbie. And it means we're going to have a great weekend. So it's a ripper. It's like, that's great. Mm-hmm. bottle is the liquor store and barbie is the barbecue. 
So there you go. There's my there's uh, Australian versus American so I, for so this I, week. So I kind of got like one and a half there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was way off. I can't believe it's not a ship in a bottle. So seriously, <laughs> did you? <laughs> oh dear. Yes. So many crazy words. I didn't realize. I don't, I don't pick up language very easily. <laughs> uh, no one in the world picks up our language very easily. <laughs> so good thanks for playing along guys that was fun that's my new favorite segment (laughs) (laughs) but joe let's take it to a different a different place you got to grind my gears yeah grind the gears (sighs) yeah 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 so i call uh my pool is um uh not um pumping the water fast enough like it's not like filling up the the like where the um where the motor is, uh, it's not filling up the basket fast enough, or the pump, where the pump is not filling up the basket fast enough, and I don't want the basket to, or I don't want the basket, I don't want the pump to burn out. So I called up my local, uh, you know, per- people that deal with the pool, I buy pool stuff from and all that, and um, they actually just put our liner in last year, and I call them up and I'm like, oh yeah, well they're like, oh well, you know, we can come out, uh, maybe we can come out today actually if our eyes get back early enough. I was like, oh, okay, cool, no problem. This is on Saturday. If not, it'll be Monday. Okay, no problem. They take, they get an updated credit card over the phone so that they can do, you know, don't have to do like all the contact, you know, I guess contactless payment, and all that stuff. Do all that. So it's like one o'clock today, and I'm sitting around. And I'm like, they still aren't here yet, and I haven't heard from them at all. So I call, I, I get a, a voicemail uh, thing. It's just like, oh, nobody's here to take your call. And their voicemail box is all filled up. And I'm like, no, th- no. And I was like, so then it says press like star zero eight or something like that. I'm like, okay. So I press that. Somebody answers right away. So I guess I just went into like a weird part of their system by like literally just holding on the phone from calling. So the person has no idea anything about what's going on so she so she puts me on hold and i'm waiting on hold for a while somebody picks up and is like i guess they picked up the wrong line because that i wasn't the last name that they were talking to and they put me back on hold then the person goes back and says what were we coming out to fix again and i was like oh here we go like like what what are we doing here like you took my credit card like you took my credit card over the phone for crying you know for crying out loud like how how are we not how are you not knowing what's going on so She's like, okay, hold on. Puts me back on hold. Comes back. Oh yeah, you're you're uh you're in the the Tuesday folder. And it's like, well, I wish someone would have called and communicated that to me. Like, I wouldn't have been. Ex- I wasn't running my pump because I was expecting you to show up and like tell me that a line is busted or something and I need it replaced. So I, you know, I don't want my pump burning out. So here we are. Hopefully tomorrow they will show up. But that's... you're having all sorts of tradey problems lately. I was going to say, they yeah. must be friends with your drywall people. Yeah. Hashtag yeah, right? tradey oh, yeah, problems. Still, yeah, right. They, they still never got back to me, uh, those drywall people. You know what they, they need? But now I got drywall. You know what they, they need? need? They need a Facebook they community. They <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe Daddy. they do. If you, weren't, if you were in the Facebook pool community, maybe you would have gotten your your service i agree i agree i agree mary sue it is first world problems and if i didn't have two kids i would not couldn't care less but they want to go it's getting warm outside and they want to go in the pool they need something to do they got to stay stimulated they are you don't have puddles in your neighborhood 
We have a little pool, but you have to keep filling it up. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that one wins the hashtag for the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Brent. Uh, Yeah, so anyway, yeah. So hopefully by next, by tomorrow, this thing will all be blown over it's all okay it's we all want we well, well i hope that's sorted out full time i'm supposed to be grinding my gear look hey i don't judge you jen when you when you're grinding your I'm gear sorry, i'm very judgy i'm an <laughs> iron uh what is the i f and i don't forget i was gonna say i have j in my judgy mcjudgy in my uh what's that called when you have the in letters I'm in, I'm um myers briggs myers briggs i have the j in there oh i don't know anyway. i don't know what that is Anyway, never mind. Never mind. Ah, uh, so no, real quick, I guess done. we'll want to end on our uh, okay plain plain view project. Yeah, I came across this plain view project. Um, well, you know that you know the Philadelphia Police Department is going through some stuff, and it's not all great. Um, and so anyway, this this project is I've just been so impressed with all the different activist groups that I've uh, come across lately. So this is a group of lawyers that took it upon themselves to basically analyze all the social, the public social media posts by the Philadelphia Police Department. And they catalog everything that they find that is racist. And their efforts have now it seems that they've expanded beyond Philadelphia Anyway, I just thought this was a pretty ambitious effort, and unfortunately, um, they found a lot. So, and it has, uh, their findings are now leading to investigations, and some people are, have been suspended because of their racist posts. And these are not, like, gray area. Like, the stuff is really bad. Um, you should know better. But uh, anyway, so this is, this is what they do. They just catalog, um, and their whole thing is they don't want to – they're not trying to infringe on free speech, but they are trying to basically hold the police accountable for their actions because it erodes public trust when they're out there on social media saying things that are racist. And it's Mm. all part of the systemic problem of racism that we're dealing with in this country. They're just trying to, you know, chisel away at one corner of the problem, one piece of the problem, but they're doing a pretty good job of what they're doing. And Mm. it's all just volunteer efforts. So I thought it was worth mentioning them. That was pretty, mm, pretty impressive. Awesome. Anybody that that is, you know, doing what they can to bring racism out in the public eye so that we can identify and act and put people in office that should be there and people in jobs that should be there that are, you know, in, in charge of upholding the law. I think this is all good stuff. Anyway, mm. the, the website, I will say the website's kind of scary. When I got on there, I was like, I'm not sure about this. It's um, it's all very dark. And I think they could, if if, if there's a web designer out there that wants some charity work, you might want to help out the Plainview Project because their, their website's very scary for me and very hard to read. Yeah, good find I'm though, Jen. A, Thank not you. a fan of white text on black background. It's, it's, not, hard, it's, it's not a good choice. It's very hard for everybody to read. But this is this is awesome, and it's nice that they have a donation uh, button there yes. to donate. 
Yes. I, I'm going to put them in the running to raise money for them uh, this weekend on Saturday. Oh, oh, good. Okay. Awesome. If it's one of the ones we, you know, if put it's them the, in the one we, we pick. Yeah, right. right? So, uh, all right. Well, I mean, we have overstayed our welcome. Thank you oh, so gosh, much, yes. Mary Sue, Brent Basham, Lou, Regner. Who else is in here? Mary Sue? Yeah, I did say. I, oh, you did say Mary Sue. Okay, Mary Sue, sorry. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so thank you everybody for watching and enjoying. It's been fun. It's been a fun hour. It's been me. a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think we tackled our, our time. We should make it a plan to do this once in a while. Completely <laughs> 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 deviate from the plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode of the Business Geeks podcast, uh, please feel free to share it with the Business Geek in your life. Send us your questions and suggestions to questions at businessgeekspodcast.com. You can catch us next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time and Tuesday, 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Everybody, have a great week. Stay safe. And uh, I hope that the protesting continues to still happen and continue to stay positive and not violent, nonviolent. Peaceful. That's the word I was looking for. Peaceful. And now the music. 